Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry and of course this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are both very excited to be talking to you about the 1995 Sam Raimi Western, The Quick and the Dead. This is my town! You live to see the dawn, it's because I allow it. I decide who lives or who dies. In a town called Redemption, death is a way of life. Some fight for money. Some fight for glory. But one stranger has come here looking for something else. I now declare the quick draw competition open. Anybody can challenge anybody. Sign me up. Sure must want to die young, miss. She can play their game. Want to play poker with me, little lady? Looks like you're having a pretty good time playing with yourself. She can beat their odds. Did you ever kill anyone? Sure. I don't think you have. But there's one thing she can't do. Why are you really here? You're no gunfighter. Forget the past. Daddy! Bring him up! Put him on a chair! Some people deserve to die. TriStar Pictures presents Sharon Stone. I'm gonna kill you if I have to ride all the way to hell to do it. Gene Hackman. There's nothing on this earth that frightens me now. Nothing. Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey, my In a film by Sam Raimi. The Quick and the Dead. In this town, you're either one... Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. So this is a 1995 film. A mysterious woman gunslinger, Ellen, saunters into the town of Redemption looking for revenge. Her father was killed by the town's sadistic mayor, Herod, who is in the midst of organizing a quick draw tournament. The lady enters, joining a cast of miscreants and outlaws for a brutal competition in which the loser dies. Um, and as you said, it's Sam Raimi directed. It stars Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobin Bell. You've got Keith David in there, Lance Henriksen, Gary Sinise. So it's an all-star cast. Yeah, absolutely. And we, neither of us had seen this before. So, uh, go, so you hadn't seen it, right? I had not. Um, okay. And I thought it was sort of interesting that I had not seen it because I dig Westerns. Mm -hmm. um, and in 95, I certainly would have been old enough to have seen it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just passed me by. But uh, I I really enjoyed it. Um, in our last episode, we talked a little bit about style versus substance. And there is... Uh, there is certainly a lot of style to this film. Um, I think there's a 
a good amount of substance too. I actually enjoyed the film for the character development. Gene Hackman as a bad guy is always a treat. I think he's a great bad guy. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, everybody's handing in a good performance here. You get to see people playing a role. You don't normally get to see them. Like he is, um, he's a Leonardo DiCaprio is a gunslinger and he's extremely cocky and, He's just very um, bravado forward in a way. I don't see him in a lot of roles when in his older, in his more mature, more recent films when he's, um, you know, a, a competent, tough guy. Uh, he tends to be more subdued, right? He's not, doesn't play a lot of flashy characters. Although I, Django Unchained was... I don't have a thesis here all worked out, but uh, sure, but uh, yeah, I get Lance Hendrickson getting to play the uh, ace sharpshooter. What a fun role to see him in. And and so it's just a bunch of great characters. I almost feel like they cast it and then say, OK, now everybody step one role to your left. Now that's what you're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. It's Sharon Stone that I am can be a little hot or cold on. I thought does a really great job in this as well. Yeah. What was what was your impression of it? So uh, I I really liked it too. This is uh, very much in the what I would call the popcorn western yes. kind of genre. So this is of you know kind of more modern western films because you know as people pretty much know or maybe people who are really young don't know you know westerns were a gigantic they were the superhero movie of their day. And then they died off and then it became this kind of thing of where we get one or two big Westerns a year or every few years or whatever. But uh, so this is very much in the vein of like Tombstone or Silverado or, you know, maybe even like Young Guns or something like that. You know, Um, uh, it's a fun it's it's a lot of fun. You have uh, Gene Hackman is is more or less playing his character for Unforgiven. you know, that kind of villain thing. And, and it's, it's fun. To, so I, artifice of like in that he's the sheriff of the town. Right. And mm-hmm. this, he's just an unrepentant bad guy. Just a rich guy who owns just, the town. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. He's not, they say he's the mayor of the town, but he says, this is my town. And it really, you get, it's controlled by his henchmen. And there's not a necessarily a sense that he's making anyone live there, but basically, you know, you live here. It's my rules. Mm-hmm. He says, I keep at one point. He says, I keep order, not law. Order. Yeah. And those are that's the whole quote. Like he's specific to say not not law. I don't keep law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's uh, he delights in. In it's being mean, bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a really simple con- conceit. But that's a lot of that that is really fun where it's just they've set up this competition and all these gunslingers come in and they're, you know, going to face off. And there's really not a whole lot more to it. I mean, there's this subplot of that. He killed uh, Gary Sinise, who was, well, I mean, she accidentally kills him, but Gary Sinise was her dad and, you know, uh, Gene Hackman kills him and she's just there to get revenge, which Gene Hackman doesn't know who she is, you know? So that's, that's the big showdown that you're going to have at the end. But, you have all these great actors, all these great, you know, in a lot of cases, character actors. And I watched this with my dad 
uh he because he loves you know dad's love westerns <laughs> you know he he was like oh that was fantastic you know yeah he, lot he, of really, fun. he really loved it and but at one point he goes you know when you see leonardo dicaprio weighing about 120 pounds or something and this is two years before titanic he has a little fuzz on his upper lip like yeah like that's that's the most he could grow and it seems very plausible yeah but so my, my dad really likes Leonardo DiCaprio. So he goes, wow, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. And I said, yeah. And I said, who would have guessed in 1995 with all of these stars that the biggest of all of them would have, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio now is the, you know, even bigger than Gene Hackman and, yeah. and Sharon Stone, you yeah. know. Um, but you also have, as you said, uh, Lance Henriksen. Yep. Uh, you have Keith David, who just has a couple of lines probably. Yeah, but he's great and he's, he's a great terrific actor yeah yeah keith david and lance henriksen even if they are in a movie that's bad those guys have never been bad and i think know? that scene between keith david and uh gene hackman is and, and i really enjoyed the whole film but it's one of my favorite scenes it's just two guys the swagger in this movie is so enjoyably done because all of these people all of these characters are people who really think they're the best gunslinger, that they've got death on their hip in their holster and that none of these other clowns can beat them. And, you know, that's a thing you see a lot in Western movies. But uh, I feel like this movie really lands it. And there is a there's a scene they have in 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 uh, Hackman's sort of drawing room where he's trying to figure out he's like, you're a hired gun. And I'm trying to figure out who hired you. And he basically he says that's confidential, but um, you, they're, they're sort of being polite. And then it, they get to a certain point. Gene Hackman goes, "Well, you know, when this rain when this rain dies down, let's 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 see which one of us is better, or something to that effect." Mm -hmm. Like, there's no fat in this movie. It just gets on to the next thing, and people don't people don't aren't shy about their bravado and they don't apologize for their ego or their attitude. And they just wear it with this enormous confidence. And then of course there can be only one. It doesn't start as a, as a gun gun fight thing to the death. I mean, obviously if you're facing another guy down with a gun, you could die, mm -hmm. but people are shooting each other in the shoulder or the, you know, the hip or the thigh. Um, and for the first round, anyway, it's not necessarily that the loser is a dead man. You're just you're out. You lost. And then at mm -hmm. some point, Hackman, who changes the rules frequently throughout, changes in the rules and says, OK, now it's the death. And everybody's like, oh, <laughs> they don't really have a choice in the matter at that point. Yeah. They just ratchet up to as high as they can go. Yeah. And uh, the other, uh, so so you're watching this movie, and I didn't know who was in it before I watched it. Um, but uh, beautiful mind, Russell Crowe. Oh, I was just gonna say, I didn't, I didn't even mention. I Russell didn't even Crow know yet. Russell Crowe was in it, and then they're like, "Oh, bring bring the preacher in," and I'm like, "It's Russell Crowe." And this is five years before Gladiator. You Everybody know. is um, in this movie, you know, mm -hmm. and he does a great job. Everybody's a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And this is to to kind of compare this to um, the the gray man movie that we watched this other, you know, an action movie. Yes. 
And this has some of the stuff that I mentioned with that, with the, the tough guy talk and sure. like, you know, they're shooting over buildings and all that kind of stuff, but it, it, it's not, you know, kind of beating your, you over the head with that. The, right. You, you feel like these are, yeah, there's some cheesiness and all that, but you, you, these characters feel somewhat three-dimensional, you know, yeah. they don't all just seem like cartoon characters and their archetypes. Russell Crowe is, they call him the preacher. He's put on a collar, but he used to run with, um, you know, the hackman's character. And so he's the, he's a, a match for hackman mm. for sure. The, the, and, and hackman forces him to participate uh, just because he it it rubs him the wrong way that this vicious killer is trying to go straight um and then the lance Hen- hendrickson character is a kind of a wild bill hickok knockoff he's got long black I kept hair. wondering if if that was really his hair or a wig i, I couldn't it. really tell and then <laughs> and the little the mustache and he's sort of got pieces uh-huh. of spades kind of all over him and he's a flashy trick shooter with an attitude um there's a native american guy that he calls a, a speckled horse or spotted horse or something yeah. like that that's he's like i've never been i can't be killed by a bullet you know i've been shot seven times and the so there are big broad archetypes and i sure. think you could call them cliches um but i feel like this film really pours humanity into these i prefer archetypes because the characters feel um, you know, it's almost an allegory. It feels sure. it feels like they are kind of representative of a certain thing. And, and yeah, Sharon Stone is the loner, the the daughter who watched her father die at the hands of this man, and she's driven by vengeance. And you know, there's there's a little blind kid in town, so it's almost like it's almost like it's just the, it, the these are almost paper cutout characters that they then cast great people in and sure. rain, like, no, I really want you to have some fun with this and connect with the motivation and figure out their relationship to each other. And we're going to show all of that. Um, so unlike the gray man, uh, I think that this one engaged me right off the bat because sure. I to care about these characters yeah it's a little cheesy and it's a little over the top as you might expect from a sam raimi film um you know it, it has my pet peeve in it which is all of these costumes look newly made it looks like somebody made i designed this costume like she comes to town and i don't think she's in the same outfit twice like she rides into town on the back of the horse i'm like where's the shiffer robe where she had these other 38 mm-hmm. outfits <laughs> and they yeah. make a big point with a with a character to to have them with nasty gnarly teeth, but then oh, everybody, everybody else has their modern day teeth. She's gorgeous, right? And everybody yeah. else has got these rotting teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there is there is a scene in which the, at the very first uh showdown, the very first showdown, they're out in the main street, uh, like you'd expect the town, but the townspeople are just all around. Like there's mm-hmm. people standing. 20, 30 yards behind one of the, I'm like, you're not going to yeah. want to be behind him. I think Yeah, <laughs> like, just, you put a lot of faith in these people's aim, like get clear of the range of gunfire. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
But, you know, and the bad guys are really bad guys. <laughs> they loved it. They keep beating. And I wasn't even yeah. really exactly sure why, but they keep beating on Russell. They just hate Russell Crowe. Like him. kids beat on him. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody throw horse him. apples at him. Yeah. yeah. Just... They just, he just faces just constant abuse, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's interesting to see Russell Crowe has this this big head of hair, you know, yeah. this has all this hair and everything. Yeah. Uh, you remember what a good looking guy he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we all get old and, and some of sure. us picking up, too. But one of the things that I really liked about this and, and this is something that I love in general about modern Western. So I'm, I'm talking about Westerns like kind of from 80s on. Right. Is not to say that they didn't do this prior to this. But Westerns may have the best sound design of any genre of film. Mm. And they do such a great job with this. Just everything with, you know, when they spin their guns and the and the sound of the barrel and their spurs and, you know, them walking through the 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 the, you know, through the desert. And you know what I mean? That just, yep. I love Westerns yep. just get that sound design so it just makes you you know you feel almost like you're there and i just i that's something that i it's just a little touch with westerns that i love but just all of that you know what i mean yeah i do and i agree um and you know i think that um sharon stone gets uh, really the sex appeal is there throughout she's her hair was always great right mm-hmm. in the west some but i mean they make it look windblown and whatever but it always looks great she always looks great and uh early on first night in town she ends up having you know drinking like think there's a moment of shock when she actually sees that gene hackman character for the first time right and it's she's not prepared for how shocking that is for her. And so she and she gets drunk and DiCaprio he swaggers over and hits on her. He's a kid, you know, but she ends up spending the night with him. And, you know, she's getting out of bed the next morning. And I think they handle all that really well. Like, mm-hmm. it's not. There's nothing about, oh, my virtue or, you know, she's an adult that makes choices that some of them she may not yeah. have done if she had been sober or whatever but she didn't dwell on it and that's another thing i think that feels real true in a western is that people are more or less living in the moment they're haunted by something that happened in the past or they're driven by vengeance but they're not spending a lot of time like worrying over hmm, you know should i have said something different there <laughs> you know they're just yeah oh well nothing for it and they're just moving forward 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 like sharks and i just find that i just find that super satisfying. one of the reasons why i like westerns it's super satisfying to watch characters that are just in the moment and driving whatever their agenda is ahead right and Raimi, i know i'm hopping around here but you know there's some <laughs> there's some really fun camera stuff that is kind of homage to spaghetti westerns that is yeah. actually made me laugh out loud with delight uh like the 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 push in on the eyes right the camera will like zoom in and then it'll, somebody else it'll zoom in and then oh he's watching the cock and uh, she's watching the gun but it'll go on and on and on and then and then it'll go around again it'll push even closer <laughs> so it'll be like a whole sequence where she's crazy rack focus uh you know jump ins on people's eyes you know like like they would do with Clint Eastwood but 
it goes all over town. Then then it's the kid. Then it's the old lady. Like, why are we care what she's looking at? <laughs> you know, and it just. Yeah. And this movie has, you know, this is 27 years old or yeah. whatever. And having, you know, I watched the gray man and this back to back nights. And I mean, I, we both liked this movie a lot more than the gray man, but as far as just excitement and action and all that, this is, you know, every bit as good as any yeah. action movie, you know, you're going to see now. Um, I think, uh, I mean, will I say this is a perfect film? No. And will it go down as one of my favorite Westerns? Maybe not even that, but I'm, I'm, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super entertaining. Um, it took me a minute. You know, there was a sort of a cheese that happened and everything in the mid 90s. Mm -hmm. That was a style thing that everybody was sort of applying to stuff that it took me a little bit to move through. But I'd say by the by half an hour in, uh, it just had me hook, line and sinker, you know? Yeah. And the uh, you know, I don't really, really remember much about the release of this film or anything, but you know, 1995 for me would have been peak movie watching time. I was just watching everything, yeah. you know, all genres and, you know, bad stuff all the way up to Academy Award type films. And um, this is one that I just never got around to for whatever reason. Uh, and I actually had I came up with this by just looking. I just went on Google and was like, hey, you know, best uh, modern Westerns. And this was on a list of like the 25 best uh, modern Westerns. And um, I looked up the information on this. I don't know what the budget was, but it only made $18 million. So mm. it, you know, you know, even in 1995 dollars, that's, that was probably a flop. Uh, so, you know, I would say this is a film that is, you know, must be kind of an underseen under underappreciated film. And there are some of the, more modern westerns that are favorites of of people one being tombstone and i don't know how long it's been since you've seen that but i watched it in last in the last like five to seven years something like that and outside of of uh uh val kilmer um you know does this great performance it doesn't hold up nearly as well as what i expected it right. to it's pretty corny now well, um, and, and Kurt, I like Kurt Russell's performance. Sure. I'm trying to yeah. think of movies that I didn't like Kurt Russell in, and there aren't many of them. Yeah, I, um, I think he, I think he, he wears that big mustache and that attitude, yeah, pretty confidently. And he, but 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 he and um, Val Kilmer, Kilmer. his characters really make that film. Everybody else is just sort of a supporting. Sure. but i haven't seen it in a while so that's not but entirely. just for you know entertainment factor as far as westerns to me this is right up there with with any of those other movies yeah. of of that era you know it's not it's not unforgiven right. uh unforgiven that's is serious, a, that's a serious film yeah, yeah unforgiven I mean, is like, doing a very you know unforgiven is kind of a deconstruction of of westerns and a yeah a commentary on violence you know so it's a different thing but yeah and like you say this is this is a popcorn western and right. not derogatory way but this was a, this is a movie to to sit down and enjoy and that's not to say that there aren't genuine emotions or themes running through it but 
Unforgiven is a film that has things to say. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a film that is just trying to be, you know, one hell of a great Western entertainment, you know. Yeah. So I agree with you with that assessment. Um and this is very much, you know, there's not a whole lot of things these I don't know what kids think of Westerns. I have no idea, but this would be one of these things that like if you're at a family get like Thanksgiving or something you're like at that. A rave you, party. At a rave party, yeah. No, but if you're at like a Thanksgiving thing and you need something that like grandma can watch, sure. that you can watch and it's not gonna make sure. you you know want to stab your eyes out or something. This is kind of one of those yeah, things people where getting, people get shot. So there's a little, you know. There's there's a little of the unsavory to it. And it's Raimi. Yeah. So at one point, you know, somebody gets their head blown off and the camera is looking through the hole and the guy's right. skull. There's literally know. for the rating on so this was on Netflix and uh it was rated R and it just said Western violence. Yeah. So um so that's kind yeah. of and there isn't even I don't I don't remember there being a whole lot of foul language. Nah, just a little um, bit. I mean, I, I suppose you could say this stuff with, you know, it almost kind of borders on sadistic at times where they're just yeah. beating people and, you know, yeah. all that. But but beyond that, you know. I um, think Gene Hackman's character is a rated R film bad guy. Right. Um, he is a, he is a grown up bad guy. There is malice in his eyes. He's one of my favorite actors. Gene. Hackman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. And there is a malice in his eyes, especially like we he'll grin at someone and he can just be chilling, you know, <laughs> this is a bad dude. Yeah. And, yeah like I say, it felt a lot like his, his character in. Yeah. Unforgiving, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it did. I mean, he, because he sort of Gene Hackman's it in the same way, but the only nit I pick with that is in Unforgiven. Um, he really thought he was a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. That that was a man who was deluding himself. He broke his own rules and he broke the law, but he 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 had convinced himself that it was in the service of the better good. And right. this character has no such compunction. He just delights in being nasty. You yeah, know? yeah. He is. He's a bit of a sadist. Yeah. Um, and and he 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 is an absolute sadist when it comes to somebody like. Um, the Russell Crowe character mm-hmm. that that gets under his skin and that he thinks is being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he doesn't walk down the street putting cigarettes out on little kids' shoulders or anything like no. that. But, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, I guess I should have done a little bit of research, but, uh, you know, I don't know what the circumstances of this films release where you know i don't know if it opened against some huge movie or something like that and just got lost in the shuffle or what but it's it's a little bit perplexing that this didn't do better than there's it just sort of feels to me like all the ingredients is ingredients of something that could have been a a a big hit you know yeah sometimes the timing's just not right sometimes Mm -hmm. it's released in the wrong month or you know you lock and load a thing and you know some crazy national event happens and it's people aren't in the mood to go to the movies it's not always the fault of the film 
Um, and I don't think it's certainly in 95, I don't remember things getting second chances. Like now you mm-hmm. said everything everywhere, all at once, they're going to re-release it in theaters. I think they're a lot more fluid with that. Now they'll say like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I mean, they, sh- I'm sure they have math that they do, but they say, you know, this might let's, let's put it out there again. Um, or find another place to screen it, you know, or 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 widen the distribution in different channels. But uh, in '95, it was still very much like, you know, we booked it in the theaters and we put it in the schedule, and then you gotta then you gotta pull the trigger and the dice will roll and they land where they land. And it felt like sometimes, um, even if it was a good movie, it just wasn't. It was either it could have could have been ahead of its time, even. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's possible, you know, I wouldn't even say with this that it's, you know, I, I never felt like, and like you said, she's fine in this. I never felt like uh, Sharon Stone was a great actor, Mm. you know, like she, she went really far on being beautiful, you know, as isn't uncommon, Um, but it's not even like, well, they put a really beautiful actress in this role and she's miscast. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like she's not bad in this at all. No, you know? no, but so, the, this, that was the era where she could carry a movie. Yeah. Um, it's just as a name. And uh, you remember we watched uh fatal attraction. Basic Wait, instinct. I'm sorry. <laughs> we ought to watch fatal attraction too. Sure. Right? Yeah. Basic instinct. And, um, she sizzled in that. Sure, yeah. And I agree with you. I don't I don't think she's Meryl Streep, but no, uh, but yeah, she's fantastic films that she you know, and the camera loves her. She's gorgeous. Right. I think I think in this one, and it's part of the style of the whole movie, um they could have af- afforded to muss her up a little more. It would have felt mm-hmm. more believable to me. Right. She always looked like she just walked out of the, you know, this the hair salon or something trailer. Yeah, yeah. The, the, where they just made her look pretty. And she, does. I can't imagine anybody in the old west looked, you know, they people just wouldn't have been very clean. Well, you, <laughs> you talked know? about her teeth, like nobody has teeth like that. Those are straight yeah. and whitened, and they gleam. And I mean, she's mm-hmm. a movie star, and she looks like a movie star in this. It's yeah. so does DiCaprio, but I think that DiCaprio there's more of the streep gene in him i think that he has an instinct to find a character and and try and burrow into that character and live in that skin one of the things that's interesting about dicaprio to me and it it shows in this film i don't know exactly what his age would have been but he was such a baby face guy yeah that even once he was older um, it, it, for me, it's really been in kind of the last 10 years or so that he kind of like grew into being an adult. Yeah. So even when, you know, he was doing these acclaimed performances, right. uh, and you know, it, it was, and he was, do, he's a great actor. So he was doing a really great acting job, but it was still like, well, he's still just, he's playing right. a 35 year old man or whatever that he actually was but he still looked like a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, well, what that was, was the, the only disconnect that I ever had with DiCaprio was it's just like so long of him just 
you know, and it's just been in recent years where yeah. now it's like, oh, he finally looks like a grown man. You know, what was the Boston one he did with? Uh, Nick? The, that's what I was going to say. Departed. Departed. He didn't he's, seem like he's an adult. playing a fresh case, a fresh face kid just out of the academy. And I'm like, yeah, I think he's like 45. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he doesn't look into the movie, but I'd have to look at the timing on that. But, but you're right. But once he gets to Inception and certainly uh, The Revenant. And the and once upon a time in Hollywood, which is, yeah, a, the, I love that movie. He's so plausible as a guy who has entered his middle, right? The, the second part of his middle years and is starting to see over the top of the hill and being like, what's left for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a weight to it. There's a moment in this where in this film, when we realize he's driven. So I think Gene Hackman finally confirms that he is his son, but he's like, I'm Gene Hackman's son. And Gene Hackman denies, sort of denies that for most of the movie. And Mm -hmm. they end up facing each other um, in the quick draw contest. But there's a, there's a moment where he's talking to Sharon Stone and he says, all I, all I want is just like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I just want him to, I can't even remember. He says, respect me, or I just want him to, maybe it's respect me or acknowledge me or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought at the time, I'm not sure this actor has the life experience, you know, not having lived that, that, that he has the life experience to fake it deeply enough to sell that moment. It tells the story. It doesn't mm. clank. It doesn't suck. Um, but I would say this a number of times in her performance too. You see that she's haunted and you see that in her eyes, but you don't fall into her eyes. You know what I mean? It doesn't, that that sense of being haunted plays, but it doesn't infect you. You know what mm. I mean? It doesn't reach into your soul and and resonate with you. Like in some great performances, you think, Oh man, that I really felt that, you know, Mm -hmm. it tells the story. It's plausible. You see that she's haunted. There's no ambiguity about that, but you know, and that that's another reason why I say this is kind of a popcorn Western more than it is a something to say. Western is that they, they tell the story, um, in, in, but you don't feel like the movie is about exploring, how these deep human themes unwound in the lawless West of the, right. Right. Yeah. That's Um, not a criticism. That's just something, something I noticed going through it. Um, It's fun seeing Raimi do a Western. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, he did a great job here. The, the, The direction is great, I think. And not to rehash conversations that we've had before, but I, man, I, this Ramey, I would like for that guy to come back, you know, yeah. just compare this to his newer, other than, uh, other than drag me to hell, which, you know, we both enjoyed, but compare this to his newer stuff and man, you know, uh, there's no comparison for me. So, so uh, would you recommend it? Sounds yeah, like- I would definitely I would definitely recommend this. And it's, you know, like I say, I feel like so I looked on uh, while we were talking, I looked on IMDb. It has 94,000 uh, ratings, which I mean, that's not really a lot on IMDb, right? Um, with this 
6.5 rating. I would um, get better than that. Oh, I would too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, I, I think it's neat when you talk about a lot of these different, different actors, uh, um, you you know Lance Henriksen and and Keith David you know either one of those guys in a a smaller version of this film they could be the stars you know absolutely you have Lance Henriksen as the either you know, one of them could have played uh, the bad guy the Gene Hackman role yeah that's what I'm saying sure. is, is any one of these actors could have they could have just traded boots and hats right and it would have been it's a different you know flavor of the movie but. It could have been just as good. Um, they could have played the Hackman character. I mean, none of them are going to play the kid. That's DiCaprio's because he's so young. But and if you like, uh, you know, fun, we use this term a bunch of times. Popcorn westerns. You know, this is right up there with a bunch of the, you know, the the kind of classic '80s and '90s uh, films in in that genre. They're not reinventing the wheel. Or anything like that, but you just want to watch a fun western that's really well put together with a bunch of great stars. This is hard to beat, I think. I agree. So I highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all of that. Thumb, 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 thumb up, 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 up. Thumbs up, baby. Chris and Chris Talk Movies at gmail.com. That is our handle. We are on the socials. We're on podcasts. We're on YouTube. I'm not sure where you're perceiving this but thank you for joining us like and subscribe we love that comments feedback please and thank you um do you know what you want to do for next time sir i don't really i don't do you have any is there anything you're dying to watch no dying to watch no we have talked about a bunch of stuff we talked about that old um uh the black and white sci-fi oh, seconds thing. seconds let's, let's do that okay I mean, that's a watch it recently or just sort of came up in your uh, I don't know how it came up. I haven't I haven't seen it in years. Um, It's a I mean, it's very different tone from this. It's it's kind of a downer, but it's uh, it's a sci fi. You know, it's a it's a mid 60s sci fi thinker sci fi. It's not there's no robots or or spaceships or laser beams or anything. Oh, robots. That's but it's a. Another one that I think, you know, we, we don't do a lot of movies. I don't know if we've done anything from the 60s, um, but this is like 65 or 67 or something okay. like that. I forget exactly, Great. but it uh, stars wait. Rock Hudson. Yeah. Hudson. It, it, at the very least, it'll be an interesting conversation. So, yeah, let's do that. That'd be fun. Okay. Great. 1965 okay. Rock Hudson. Flip. Some, some Something around there. Yeah. Mid 60s. Cool. So watch that and join us next time. And unless you have anything else to add. Nope. We will talk to you next week.